Coming up as we continue to wind down with one preseason game remaining, let's debate starting rotation. Who deserves it? The crafty veteran Spencer Dinwiddie or the plucky upstart first round pick Cam Thomas? We dive in next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie. He's the owner-operator of DFSR. For all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbeck, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast. My boy, Andy Mack, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day, 100% free on all those great platforms. And Doug, we get into the conversation, which is one preseason game remaining solidifying what should be the starting rotations. And thankfully, atypically, we find ourselves on opposite sides of the spectrum here between Cam Thomas and Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, look, I mean, it was all it was a big surprise, I think, for all of us when Cam Thomas actually got has gotten the starting nod. I mean, it's less surprising for each game that goes by, but when it happened to start, we I think yeah, for don't sure... be as surprised by game three and game four. You shouldn't be. No, as no, shocked. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but when it first happened, we were like pleasantly surprised, right? That yeah. it was that this seemed like it was going to happen. It seemed like it was going to at least solidify a role for him early, even if it wasn't going to be the long term plan for him to start. It showed that the that Jacques Vaughn and company were starting to at least organization right on some level was, was giving uh, more of a vote of confidence for him going forward. So that's been really good. And, and we'll talk about the play, but now, you know, I think we get into this conversation of when it comes to Spencer Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas, because, you know, assuming it's going to be Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson are going to step back in and start yeah. who should be starting in that, you know, sort of nominal point guard off guard to Ben Simmons role. Uh, and I think you can probably end up making a case for both of them. And it's an interesting spot. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see where we both land here, but I think the nets are afforded some, you know, floor here in that sense that like, it's sometimes these are good conversations to have. It's like, Hey, both guys maybe could we could make a case for them. And I do wonder if by the time we get to the back end of this episode, it, it, I think we could find ourselves saying, convince me of column a, convince me of column B, but Let's have you assert your Spencer Dinwiddie argument here. The oldest player on the Brooklyn Nets roster currently. Obviously, you mentioned there with Ben Simmons now in the in the lineup, now being the, the point forward player for this team. What is your top three reasons why Spencer Dinwiddie should be in the starting rotation with the other veterans on this team? Okay, so top three reasons. Uh, well, I don't know if I have three. I definitely have two. Two we'll reasons. One, and then I we'll think, go from there. <laughs> that, I think, that I think Dinwiddie should start. I do think he's... As much as I like that Cam Thomas can do one thing really, really well, I do believe that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is just a more versatile all-around player. And I think for where the Nets are trying to exist, both on the offensive end and the defensive end, that it he just uh, he offers more in an overall game than Cam Thomas does, even if what Cam Thomas does is by and large flashier. <laughs> right on a game to game basis, right? Like the uh, sometimes sports can feel really binary. The ball go, you know, ball go in good, ball, ball no go in bad, right? And we, and we sort of, and people tend to make their uh, assessments based on that, uh, that singular outcome, which isn't like totally wrong, but it's a little, it's a little myopic. So the, in general, I do think Spencer Dinwiddie has more of an all around game that the Nets 
probably could stand to have, like i.e. switching on defense. Um, he can do some of what we like about Cam. He can take guys off the dribble. He can run pick and roll, uh, and he can shoot the three. But also, I do think that in a world where Spencer Dinwiddie is not part of the future, having him play really well in the starting lineup here and then trading him <laughs> is – something that the Nets should probably like I think that it keeps his value a bit higher sure. to have him starting and playing more minutes if this is just the role they're going to go so I think it's like got it's, it's got some on-court stuff with it but it's got some off-court stuff with it as well it's funny because when you mentioned that and I think it is important and we've always had these conversations coming into this season the now and the future so maybe the strongest case and you'd say this is why Royce O'Neal and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith should also be starting, yeah. is to keep their value high so that you get the, the most value potentially out of these guys when you talk about the trade. And if that ends up being the path, then I can I can get behind Spencer Din- Dinwiddie being in the starting lineup. I think his size matters here too. Like You're yeah. just looking for more athleticism, a little bit of that. Let's be honest, even though at times we're, we're seeing what we think can be a strong defensive collection of players here. We haven't had Cameron Johnson on the court. Mikhail gets off last night. So it's still a hodgepodge of long limbs, and you probably want to go with the bigger player in that regard too for Spencer Dinwiddie. My well, case, can I say can I say yeah. one thing about that real quick too? I don't really actually don't want to undersell that point, and we'll talk about it a little bit with Cam. And sometimes, you know, we try to break it into two two sections here, like Dinwiddie and Thomas. But there's just going to be so much overlap just because we're yeah. talking about both at the same time. I really don't want to undersell the defensive piece here. The Nets have tried, like. They've tried a couple different defensive schemes here in the preseason. I fully believe when when Bridges and Cameron Johnson are, are back, they are going to run more switching than not, right? Like, I know they tried some drop, and they've tried fighting over screens, and there's been hit or misses with how that's been um, – how that's really performed. But I, I'm pretty sure – and we saw a lot more switching last game um, yep. in, in, this, in this previous game against Philly. Uh, so I think that – because we're going to see more of a switching scheme on defense, like Dinwiddie is just more, he he's just built more for that than Cam is. Like he, like you yeah. said, the size does actually matter there. The length actually matters there. And if that's going to be the scheme, then Dinwiddie, and this isn't even a, I, I'm going to have an anti-Cam Thomas defensive take here shortly, but this isn't even it. Like Dinwiddie is just pound for pound a better defender than him. And so if they're going to be running these schemes, for the, I think a majority of the year, because that's kind of how they're built. Dinwiddie is just better set up to do that. And does that make sense? Like, I, I know you're going to make another point. So I, I cut you off yeah. there for a second, but I just wanted to like jump in about the defensive piece. Cause I think sometimes that is undersold on how important it is. And it's clearly important for the Nets and Jacques Vaughn. Yeah. Young, uh, obviously young player like Cam Thomas. I'll round out that note. Cam Thomas played to a 114 and a 117 defensive rating over the last two seasons. And obviously even just the size factor, sometimes it's it's beyond whether or not can you be a good defender. There's going to be matchups when you're just outclassed based on height. But I will note that Spencer Dinwiddie, he ran to a 118 last year on the defensive end, and he was a 115 the year prior. He has been in his career closer to a 112 defensive rated player. And you would assume when you surround with more defensive talent like the Nets have done this offseason, that it's going to make his job a little bit easier. But coming up here in a second, when we flip our attention over to Cameron Thomas, in my case, why'd I go with Cameron Thomas? I went with his full name there. We go to Cam Thomas, and my case, why he should be in the starting rotation, I I am going to look at that number and say, listen, I can mitigate that defensive deficiency based on what I believe he is for the offensive end of the court. We'll dive into that in just one second. 
All right, before we get into that, we're going to tell you about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Why are Bird Dogs so easy to talk about? Bird Dogs just make you look good. I've spent the whole summer in Bird Dogs. I've actually just been spending most of my life in Bird Dogs at this point. We've got the three shorts. They are in heavy, heavy, heavy rotation. It's got the stretch khaki stuff, so it's really, really versatile. And we've you've heard us talk about Bird Dogs before. Really, for any occasion, if you're working out, throw on the bird dogs. You're going out in the golf course, bird dogs are perfect for that as well. You want to go out to you know a nice casual-ish dinner, bird dogs, baby. And these are not just me approved, wife approved as well for any occasion. Again, I can't say it enough. The bird dogs did not leave this guy's waist the whole summer. They've just figured this stuff out. They look good. It's form-fitting shorts. I mentioned the stretch khaki. They're very, very comfortable to go with the versatility as well right now. They're also going to send you a free water bottle um, with uh, with any purchase. So you're going to have to get on the Bird Dogs now by going to birddogs.com slash locked on MBA or just enter the promo code locked on MBA at checkout. Grab the free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Okay, so continuing the conversation around Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, who deserves to start? So if we flip it over and talk a little positively around one Cam Thomas, it's not hard to look at what you're seeing in this preseason and understand why he can be valuable. The offensive creation is obviously there. No, the things that he's not going to do if we go over and use a crafted NBA for this one. Spencer Dinwiddie is a better passer, right? There's, there's going to be some better flexibility in terms of how you can use him on schemes that you want to run. Cam Thomas is still, while he has the catch and shoot three ability, and I think you got to lean into that here this season. You also yeah. look at him as being get the ball in his hands and get out of his way and let him create. I know that I'm going to walk myself, I think, into one of your counterpoints for Cam Thomas being in the starting rotation. But even in this preseason already, we've seen him in three games, almost 22 minutes. He's averaging 17 points. There's been some explosive runs here when you've cleaned out the bench a little bit. But guess what? He's knocking down almost 62% from beyond the arc, and he's getting to the line three times per game and looking perfect from there as well. I, I look at him as being with Ben Simmons on the floor running this offense. You don't need the point guard piece at all in that starting unit when you have Ben Simmons. That's actually the biggest case. With Ben healthy and on the court, I can just treat Cam Thomas exactly like what he is. An off-ball two-guard that I want to get the ball into his hands, especially if you're winding down in shot clocks, where you say, go take it, be aggressive, get at the rim, get in the paint, and give yourself some opportunities. I'll see if you want to cover the issue that actually that actually is inside of him being an aggressive player that gets into the teeth of the defense at times. Yeah, before we get to that, I'm just going – I am going to agree with you. Like, the preseason piece for him over. from <laughs> – <laughs> we all Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> the, uh, so, no, I think, you know, from what he's shown on the offensive end, it has been pretty much exactly what you have, would have wanted. I agree with you. There's been a little bit of a garbage time element to some of the scoring. So I think you back out some of that. But the efficiency is there. 61%. You mentioned 61.5% from three. Uh, Spencer did what he's 64% from three yeah. over the preseason. Uh, you know, um, the much the much ballyhooed shooting problem is not a problem for the, that That's I've an been screaming here. about. Not a problem so far for some of these guys but no I think from that standpoint the usage has been really really high from him he's been taking more than 12 shots a game the field goal percentage has been there like the numbers are there like the offensive game is just there I it's when if I'm saying I think Dinwiddie should start over him it's really it's not really so much of an anti-Thomas take here it's that like I just think there's one spot and I probably would go with Dinwiddie here just for the reasons I mentioned above but yeah. it's not because it's an anti-cam take it's I think he's been 
at least on the offensive end, pretty much exactly what you want, right? Some bad shots here, right? Some end of the shot clock stuff that you don't love to see. Um, I think he hasn't pulled the trigger as quick as I would want. It's still on the catch and shoot threes, even though we saw that improve over the course of last year. But yeah, I'm with you. I like from an offensive standpoint, these numbers for the preseason have been in line with the expectation about what he can do at an elite level, which is score. And, and I'm still a, 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 a person that's going to say the Nets are going to have trouble scoring here at times. Yeah, and I, and I think that's really the biggest part of it for me. And then even off of that, because we'll flex into Spencer Dinwiddie and, and what it means for a second unit potentially, I also look at this and say, how are you constructing the second unit of this team, right? We saw, thankfully, Dennis Smith Jr. get back out on the court. That's fantastic. We saw Dayron Sharp get back on the court. Okay, that's two guys that don't that aren't going to give much for you offensively. You need to have somebody that can, at least to that extent, orchestrate it. We've seen, we know what Royce O'Neal, you talked extensively about Trendon Watford and how he's pushing for a roster spot here. But ultimately, that second unit, even with when you keep veterans like Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal as a part of that, it doesn't solve who's going to run that for you. And I don't think that you want to put Cam Thomas into that role because in his development uh, trajectory, I don't want to give him a sample size where he gets to do the thing that they're trying to coach out of him. Hero yeah. ball, constantly on it, right? All me, no of you, I'll find my shot. When he's in the starting unit, you can't do that. And, and this is a little bit of the put up or maybe shut up kind of time for him. If you're playing with Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson and Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton and you're ball hogging, guess what? Jock Vaughn's going to have a very short leash with you and say, okay, sorry, you don't quite get it. And it doesn't look like that's the case. So I like him fitting into the team, fitting into the role, as opposed to being put into a position where he could actually regress into some negative you know, habits that he had over the first couple seasons of his career. I could definitely see that. Um, I mean, the counterpoint to that is that they will, they, they still have very little bench scoring. And I think we've seen a lot of like Dinwiddie ISO stuff that we don't love either. And I think that so kind of gets him breaking news. Both these guys are guilty of similar things. Yeah. And, and, do a ton of. and Dinwiddie has like some really good ISO numbers at times. It depends on which way yeah. you slice it, because there's like some ISO stuff that looks great. And there's some ISO stuff for him that looks really pretty bad. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really just, you know, really totally night and day on, on what, how he just finishes some of these possessions. We've seen a lot less of that. I mean, this is the Simmons thing too. It's like Simmons has mitigated the problems for both of these guys. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that like, and that's a good thing. Like this is a pro Simmons take is that we also knew that a guy that could unlock what each of these guys does really well without having to see too much of it. <laughs> like yeah. this, that's what Ben, that's what Ben Simmons has really provided. And I, so I think that in some ways, I, I think the Nets can't really go too wrong with this just because I think that, like I said, Ben Simmons, what he's able to do, you know, getting to the rim. We saw the beautiful behind the back look to, to Dimity in the corner last night, which is just the thing you dream about with these guys, uh, with what Simmons is going to be able to have these guys do. And then neither of them, hopefully, are dribbling the air out of the ball, which we've also seen yes. <laughs> from both of them at times, too. So I, I think that, like, I don't I wouldn't probably do it just be I wouldn't make a move just because it would be some worse version of this the one mm -hmm. guy because I think the other guy would run into the same problem but I definitely hear what you're saying about that because I think we want Thomas to be in a situation where it's the absolute best for him whether the Nets decide they're going to like stay with him for the for the long term or they want to boost his trade value as well like it's not totally clear where they see him as the future either. Yeah, and I, so in the in the third segment, I want to get into a, a little more things around the defensive end and, and comparing these two players. But you also mentioned there about keeping as the Spencer Dinwiddie trade value up. 
The the other big thing for me and and putting Cam Thomas into the starting rotation and something we haven't touched on yet is well, what's the agenda of this season, right? If yeah. if at the end of the day we believe that by the time we get to the deadline, two out of three at a minimum of Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, and Spencer Dinwiddie will be traded from this roster, I would hate to think that there'll be a stunted growth and an adjustment into a starting rotation for a Cam Thomas after having played him extensively in the second unit. Now you can say his offensive game is going to translate very comfortably. It's not going to be that big a deal. And you're giving him run here in the preseason with the Ben Simmons of the world. Okay, great. But if that's the end, if that's the end game is Cam Thomas being in this starting rotation, especially in the second half of the year, then start him now. Because that means that you get the first 30 to 40 games to get him acclimated, see how he how he works with these other players, and then ultimately also identify what else this team may need. Because we talk about trading veterans away at the deadline. You may also want to get a little something back if this team is competitive. So you want to have as strong a sample size on what you have and what you need when it comes to that point. Yeah, I I think again this one's this one's closer. This one is actually closer for me than I don't. I do want to. I didn't talk about the Cam Thomas defense. You know, let's we'll hit a quick break. I, I want to talk about the Cam Thomas defensive piece of this as well too, because uh, I, I think that is it's something we've gone now like you know eighteen minutes and not talked about. But it is a real, it is a real thing when you talk about. We'll talk about that here in a second. First, going to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Why are they number one? Right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do as a new customer is place a $5 bet. It's $200 in bonus bets. That's whether you win or lose, too. So don't even sweat about what exactly you're putting in. You're getting the bonus bets back no matter what. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. Heading into week seven here in the NFL, Gi- our Giants over there, plus two at home. It's not looking good. Okay, but you can still <laughs> plus two. I'm going to go. They look they're strong against the Bills. Let's go plus two over the Redskins at home. Danny Dimes or Tyra Taylor. We don't care. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. It's all there on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Okay, so as we wrap up our conversation between Cam Thomas and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's more deserving of the starting rotation? What are the ramifications short and long term? You're hearing us say it's not about waffling on the fence. If we were doing the bean counting on either side, if we were the office, Michael Scott walking around placing beans at each of our favorite players, there'd be a lot of pros for both of them and some similar cons. So I think it it is that's why it's the worthwhile discussion because it's not cut and dry it's not so simple as just saying well veteran play him or the future is now start cam thomas as we get into this defensive conversation i'll just hit you with a couple of these a couple of these numbers i know you'll talk about especially in the switching defense especially in the fighting over screens category the size all these things where maybe spencer dinwiddie is the better value rim defense and also rim frequency These are Uh two categories. Rim defense being the difference between field goal percentage and the player allows within six feet. They are strikingly similar in terms of Spencer Dinwiddie to Cam Thomas in that category. Additionally, rim frequency, which is the ability for the defender to impact the shot by the opposition going at the rim. Even though Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, he actually comes in lower here, 37.8%, 41.6% in terms of value when Cam Thomas effectively impacts a shooter's attempt going at the basket. I'm shocked by that number. And if anything, it's more of a knock on Spencer Dinwiddie when it comes to taking guards towards the basket and still being able to stay in front of them versus Cam Thomas, understanding it's a very small sample size with Cam relative. 
Yeah, I just think this still doesn't pass the eye test, and I'm, you know, I'm very careful with this, um, just because I think that in the aggregate numbers are really the way to go with this. But even just watching this preseason, what really what I was kind of hoping for with the Thomas thing was to see him get into the starting unit and to just see him completely get after it, right? And like, you know, be ultra aggressive, but also you know, just working to be like, Hey, this has probably been a deficiency of mine. And maybe, I, maybe sometimes you just work extra hard in, in an effort to make up for whatever you lack in just, you know, sort of defensive know-how it really hasn't been the case for him. And he just is too small for that not to be the case. <laughs> right. And I, I think like, you know, if you, the bigger you are, you can get away with some stuff by just being bigger. <laughs> that's just that, you know, that's an unfortunate thing, but with basketball, it's pretty clear, right? Like there's a reason there's no five, five guys in the NBA, even if they might be sick. Right. So, because <laughs> at some point, like you just can't be, you can't be super small. My hope for cam was to see maybe like this combination of maybe it's not totally there in the understanding part, but at least the efforts there, it really, I don't think has been there on either of those things. I like the defensive effort yesterday against the Sixers. It wasn't like the nets as a whole were crushing it, but his was particularly pretty rough. I like there was, there was multiple non-contests, right? Um, he's still going to get called out in every, in a lot of switches, especially when teams start dialing that up. And it's not like, we're talking about a Kyrie or a Harden guys who would actually still even Steph, like guys who would really get after ball handlers, even if you think their defensive acumen wasn't the highest. I think those guys, I mean, Harden was more like a, in the post dude, but like Kyrie, we saw Kyrie with like fast hands, right? We've seen yeah, Steph with yeah, super yeah. fast hands. Like we've seen these guys really get after it. We're just not seeing that from him at all. And I, I was hoping, hoping, hoping you'd like starting line of time, max defensive effort every possession because that's the thing I need to show the most and we just haven't seen it. So I get a little concerned that it's still just not passing the eye test there. You want a little bit of a Dennis Smith Jr. mentality in Cam Thomas. That's, yeah, right. Then, right. Well, then, yeah, and, just, and think about DSJ too. Think about DSJ. He's a guy who's like, now he, he doesn't have the same exact thing, but he said, you know, it wasn't happening for me all on offense. So I needed to reinvent myself as this defensive first guy because now Cam doesn't necessarily have to do that because the offense right. is definitely there. But that sort of attitude, yes. you would hope permeates into his style of play, and it just hasn't. I mean, there was multiple times, multiple times, which is easy shot. There was at least one, maybe it was a Tobias Harris, didn't even contest. Uh, like, didn't right. even contest, didn't even get a hand up. The guy went up right over him, and I'm pretty sure it was Tobias. Now, Tobias is bigger, he's probably going to do it anyway, but... There's, but that's not the that's not the excuse to not. Why didn't you put your hand up? Just like, well, no, I actually kind of like rolled my eyes a little bit. I was thinking, oh man, these are the opportunities. Like these are kind of front and center opportunities, and it's still not happening. And frankly, and again, because we'll say this with Spencer Dinwiddie as well, I, he's not a max defensive effort guy, but he's bigger. And and and, and I'm not even yeah. I'm not even trying to lump them in the same category. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is more consistent on that end of the floor. You know, Cam Thomas, who is a stocky player, I think that's the difference. He lacks the height, but with that size. I think that's what he can do is be bodied up against players, right? Make it hard for them to get around him and just force a different decision to get made. You also see over the three games, he's averaging almost two fouls across the 20 minutes. Like, I think that's probably something you watch for too as you get into the regular season with him. And, and Spencer Dinwiddie to a lesser degree. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is more susceptible to the lazy foul as in trying to do the quick hands and ends up taking a foul. Whereas Cam Thomas, I think he could be set up to struggle in that category where when he tries to dig his heels in, because it's just not necessarily a part of his repertoire, you'll actually see him taking a couple more fouls and he perceives it to be 
this is a lack of, you know, my value is at the other end. I don't have it here necessarily. The other thing then too, uh, one note here is with Dennis Smith Jr., you're going to run Cam Thomas in the second unit. You're going to be running a very small second unit. That's a part of my thinking around having Spencer Dinwiddie there as well because you need to balance out this size here. We know the Nets have a lot of length in that regard coming off the bench. The other little nugget, though, is you talked about Trenton Watford making this team. If I wanted, I'm giving you a point in, in, in the case for Cam Thomas to be coming off the bench. He played with Trenton Watford at LSU. They are both young. They are both guys that are still developing in their games. And Watford, if he's going to show a little bit of this ball handling, a little bit of everything, essentially, well, then it's not hard to maybe squint and see. Maybe these guys can develop nicely together and create a different dynamic that we weren't even really anticipating in that second unit, something we know they desperately need in that regard. Going with the old friend narrative for the uh, just like, <laughs> by the way, we, we, you know, this this was the classic in the offseason. Cam Thomas went to the front office and he said, listen, boys, you want to keep me happy? I need my boy here. So the superstar mentality still exists inside this organization. They they acquiesce. Uh, they acquiesce. When, when they walk through the hollowed the hallowed grounds of LSU Louisiana State University That's and right. they're in their college days and formed formed a tandem that could be <laughs> that was unstoppable as they you know walked out of you know English lit and uh, by the way, <laughs> at media day, when these two guys, cause they did their media day together and they asked yeah. those questions, you know, what have you seen from Cam Thomas? What have you seen from Trendon since whatever? It was like, neither one of these guys had talked to each other since they came into the NBA. Cause they were like <laughs> guys working, guys working hard, you know, just love, love to see the grind. Um, and yeah, so, and, and your name was Cam, right? Like it couldn't have been any more separate. <laughs> I will say the one good thing I, you know, we talked to, I talked a little bit about Watford yesterday in the post game, but mm -hmm. uh, Watford is interesting because Watford is pretty dynamic here in terms of like his malleability with different guys he can play with. So I feel pretty good about his, like, I feel good about him just earning minutes as this season goes on because I think yeah. we're going to see that he can, you know, he stretched it out from three, shot pretty well yesterday. We've seen him handle the ball. If we think that both Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas could stand to be off the ball a little bit more, yes. you know, it's not like Ben Simmons territory, but it's, you know, a little more. I, I think we could see some dribble handoff stuff with him. And I, and he's got actually a size, the size to maybe be a better screener than Simmons is too, which will, which will really help those guys. So, yeah, I know, I know this is a Dinwiddie and Thomas thing, but. I, I, I but that matters though. The other yeah. players matter for, for where you want these guys to plug in. And so, I mean, that I, I made that argument there. The other side of it, if I wanted to go pro cam Thomas in the starting unit is Spencer Dimley is a veteran. He's experienced and he can play off of trend and Watford. Well, he can play off of Dennis Smith jr. Well, and you can mitigate. My theory is let's create the most athletic versions of these lineups as possible. And I would say that Spencer Dinwiddie on that defensive end, as we discussed, creates more athletic value, more versatility, more size. So let's keep him there. Let's see Trendon Watford get some minutes along with an undersized but gritty defensive player and pure point guard and Dennis Smith Jr. I, I can see a nucleus developing there when you sprinkle in some, you know, Dayron Sharp, when you sprinkle in maybe some Royce O'Neal, et cetera, right? So you can see how that unit forms. And I can make a case that the strongest version of this team is with Cam Thomas being in that starting unit for what he is right now and Spencer Dinwiddie with everything he is being in the second unit where you have flexibility to assess offers and opportunities when it comes to that trade deadline without completely disjointing your team. Yeah, and this is if this preseason is offered, you know, I really the no camera John, no cam Johnson piece has offered some more questions around this because it has opened up exactly how or I think it's given us a little bit more sense of like where some of the where the organization feels about some of these other guys and i, I think that's important all right we yeah. are going to get out of here 
make sure okay a couple of things you want to make sure you go bird dogs Fanduel, all that good stuff that we talked mm-hmm. about also make sure you join the locked on nets insiders over on subtext we got breaking news inside scoops exclusive content it's all delivered right to your phone one-on-one conversations with adam and i via text want you to be part of the locked on nets stuff that we're doing over on subtext a couple ways you can get in on board with that you can text 973-559 Two four two two. You can also go to jointsubtext.com slash locked on nets. Get in on the conversation, the insider conversation with Adam and I over uh, on subtext. Join sub join subtext.com slash locked on nets. Everybody, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, whoever should have this mentality. I don't have any problem doing anything. The secret is I have no shame. That is Lyndon B. Johnson's niece, Dakota Johnson. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.